trying to find a company whose brand of imperfection complements your own, whose brand of dysfunction, whose brand of dysfunction is palatable <laughs> to you, right? That's the, that's when you really get like <laughs> Zen. Welcome back to another fine episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it is our express goal here to <laughs> suck just a little bit less every single day. From the brink of sanity, my name is Chris Tonkinson. <laughs> I'm recording live from the basement of the Ivory Tower. My name is Frank. And Cole. this is episode number 107, recorded Friday, June 23rd, the Lear of Our Lord 2023. How you doing, man? So are you... Are you recording? Like you, you changed something because I don't see the video. Like I don't see the the overlay. And oh stuff. goodness! All I see yeah, is, because I didn't click that video. button. I mean, that's you fine. Should, you should I, be seeing I, that it actually, now. Actually, like it's it. Well, okay. now I do. But I just want to make sure yes. you're recording it. I don't need nope, to good see to go. it. Like it, it doesn't matter. No, to me. I actually okay. So right. just making sure uh, you're good. My my daughter's in dance, and the owner of the dance studio has a son who uh, wants to learn. Wants to get into computer science. Wants to learn programming. Uh, and so I've been tutoring him okay. on Thursday nights. Um, and we're just going through kind of one on one basics. He's in the robotics club at the local school. Like they they actually do pretty well at this club, I guess. Um, but uh, so I've been working, mm -hmm. and so that was last night and I switched my camera settings. And so I normally, I don't, I don't, I don't do video calls on this computer that often. And so normally like one week to the next gotcha. zoom and OBS, all of it is like the same and I don't touch anything. Um, now I have been. And so then, uh, thanks for the, thanks for the heads up though. Oh, okay. I, I just want to make sure that the thing was still, yeah, was, no, I appreciate that. Properly. I appreciate that. That's, that's After the foible of not knowing what episode we recorded last week and, uh, having half recorded the one before that, I mean, I'm I, my track record here. Like, no, I appreciate the, uh, oversight. I, I was I was definitely holding my breath to make sure you yeah. got the number right because you know, we've had a problem you, you with that. Look, the, dude. I, oh, my God. How many times in a day do I have to have now. this conversation with you, my wife, my employees, my kids? Counting is hard. OK. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 it can be. Especially Absolutely. triple digits. Um, my gosh. That's really cool that you. <laughs> that's really cool that you're doing the tutoring thing. I haven't. I did do that for uh, a local kid. When I was doing, um, when I was doing startups and, uh, he was a, um, uh, a, a, a bit of a, a Mensa when it came to the, mm -hmm. to the tech stuff, he was getting himself into trouble at school for like changing grades and stuff yeah. like legit bored and, and undirected. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I, yeah. And talented, right. like just raw, un, yeah, thus, undiluted, undirected, uncontrolled no, right. power. That's, that's the boredom, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 So, uh, and I, that was a very, I found that to be a very rewarding experience. Um, if you, if he has any interest, I don't know what, what the arrangement is, but I can definitely recommend, uh, building a computer together. If he hasn't done that, if you haven't done a computer build with him, I would, uh, I would recommend doing that, 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 uh, good uh -huh. skill to have and, uh, a fun, uh, a fun learning. Yeah experience and then if you really want to get crazy you you grab a dremel and you you start cutting holes yeah the modding the and all that and, yeah. you know do some fun do some fun modding yeah some cold cathode tubes or some leds yeah. or something like that yeah. that's always good stuff that's yeah. always good times um so i had a little bit of good uh personal news today uh not uh, recently uh put in a uh 
uh, got accepted for a, uh, a speaking oh, yeah. gig. There's a conference coming up. Yeah, there's a, a small conference coming up uh, in uh, Maryland in uh, in October called Tech at the Gap. Okay. And um, I had a uh, presentation get accepted, and I'm, so I'm going to be speaking in uh, at the Rocky Gap Casino Resort in Maryland in the uh, in the middle nice. of October. This year. So do you have a, so, so yeah, what is pretty so so talk stuff. a little about the about the con, like uh, talk a little about the context there and, and do you know do you have any idea what you're going to talk about yet just you and how awesome you are yeah, I well, assume yeah. it's the keynote but I mean <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know uh, to do these kinds of speaking I mean I'm I'm not a keynote something you know, I'm 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 not we're not that big yet. Like we're, we're climbing by leaps and bounds here on the refactor podcast, but we're not quite at the level where people are beating down our doors for, for speaking gigs. Uh, so normally the way it goes for these kinds of conferences is they put out a, a, a request for papers and mm-hmm. RFP leading mm-hmm. up to, um, uh, leading up to the, um, to the conference itself. And then they, um, will, uh, you, you put in what your paper is going to be about, and they then go through. They they usually have a selection committee, and they pick the ones that are probably the best, most interesting, yeah. etc. Uh, of uh, of of what they um, what they're uh, what they're all about. I have something. What is that on the camera? Okay, I got it. I think I got so. It. Okay. So everybody submits the papers. Um, they pick the best ones, and clearly nobody else applied, which is why yours was. And clearly they were, they were right, shorthanded. Yeah. Right. And so mine, mine got clerical error. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So clerical error, but you know what? Bank error in yeah. your favor, collect $200. So we're going to roll with it. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. exciting. So talking at the, uh, uh, talking then and I'll, I'll have more about the, about the topic and, uh, if they, if they link to, um, if they have recordings or link to it, I'll, I'll include that as well. But yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's coming up. Um, in uh, in October, but I just found out that I got selected uh, earlier this week. Awesome, pretty uh, pretty fun stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So a little bit of tidbit, and I'm about to pass my scuba certification. Oh, you're getting into you getting into scuba, as a huh? Small personal yeah. thing. Yeah, it's something I've always wanted really? to do. I uh, I actually did go scuba diving one time. I I was on a trip to uh, mm-hmm. Australia, and uh, they um, you. You could take us a, a class and do a very heavily guided tour with a dive master, and uh, you know you got to go scuba diving without the right. certification. But you were really restricted in what you could do. But I remember just loving it. So uh, they, uh, I signed up for scuba classes in the nearby area, and um, I'm going to complete certification probably cool. this weekend. So yeah, some some fun personal fun you personal any, any trip plans? Any, any trips planned scuba. yet? Not yet. We're looking at a couple ideas to do uh, later mm-hmm. this year. We're looking at some stuff in South America. Um, but uh, as it turns out, there's actually quite a bit of diving to be done even way up here in uh, in in the mountains um, on the Susquehanna River and, and a mm-hmm. bunch of other areas. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, That's pretty, pretty cool. fun stuff. So, yeah. Nice. So anyway, what about you? What you got? Uh, well, I don't have. Uh, I have no news personally. I am really. I am. I am actually no at the brink of sanity. I, I think I say that every week now. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I've, I have been a mess. It's been uh, a busy season uh, at work and and at home. Um, the dog is still alive, unfortunately, and so that's still a factor at home. <laughs> 
I have to say, I'm I'm well aware of your dog being alive because I had to I had to filter his ass out on, uh, on the last episode. <sighs> yeah, that I it up. Yeah. He was he was loud and loud and proud. In the, in the yeah, background. there's not much not much uh, can be helped there at times. <laughs> there's a, the place the place that we stuff when he's just when he just needs to take a beat. The place we put him in the garage, which is right behind my office, so even that wouldn't that would just mm-hmm. ensure that he barks consistently throughout, um, and you'd still be able to hear it. That's it's a mess. Just throw his ass at yeah, And then that door is right on the other side of this one. And so you'd still hear it. It would still come through. Um, that's he's, no. nah, he's gotten better, but I'm still, right. I got, you know, I'm still cranky about it. So that's fine. <laughs> you know, I've, um, at work though, uh, we've been, we've been hiring. And so I've been back into the, back into the interview swing and something kind of cross. I don't know that we've talked before. So we, Talk a lot about like, okay, we've, we've, you know, we've talked about resumes. We've talked about, you know, hiring and what questions you ask and what to look for and all that kind of stuff. I don't know that we've ever really talked about what questions if you are interviewing. So you have written your resume and you've, you've gotten an interview, mm-hmm. what questions you need to be asking of your prospective employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this really, like, I think, I think probably just a, scope the exercise like we could probably keep this yeah you know, we could do from an ic perspective or even at the, at the management level if you're looking to change management jobs i know a lot of people have been doing that lately um i don't know i don't know if you have any like go-tos like things that you get some some of these i think are necessarily informed by past uh past experiences right well i worked at a place that mm-hmm. and so i will never blank again right and so you kind of ask questions to try to get at hey is this company dysfunctional in the same key ways as a previous organization like those okay but i don't know if there's yep. anything that you have like go-tos that um you know that that people have asked because now i've gotten i've gotten posted a couple of good questions recently and i'm like oh that's that's actually really insightful and you know yeah. Well, I'd love to hear the questions, but my mind goes uh, elsewhere a little bit. I, you, um, you actually sort of started in on it where with the suggestion of asking questions based on your past experience. Um, it, the the questions as the interviewer, the questions that you ask of me can be can can honestly, depending on the nature of them, can make or break an interview. If you ask really really good questions. That can leave a more positive impression than your answers to my questions mm-hmm. and the, and can really like mm-hmm. bump your uh, bump the perception way, way up on the flip side. If you ask the wrong questions, you can rate you can inadvertently raise red flags. So like you just described in a situation where I've got uh, I'm asking questions to avoid a, a particularly bad scenario that I ran into before. Not necessarily a problem. Just double check yourself on what you're asking because if it makes you sound like you were the problem, yeah, you're gonna you know either avoid that question or come up with some other way to get the information that you're that you're getting at because that'll that can you can completely. I have had interviews that have gone swimmingly and then they completely torpedo themselves when it comes to them asking me questions. So it really can be make or break. I think it's really important, and it's generally more of a bonus than a than a boat anchor. But you you, you got to think. I mean, about uh, it, you know, uh, and it's sure. not. It's weird because I can't like I can't require a candidate to ask questions, and I've certainly I've certainly hired people that sure. didn't have many questions to ask. 
I would say typically the people that wind up doing really well in our interviews do ask questions. Um, and that's, oh, yeah. and that's part of why that's yeah. part of why I set out to make the interview conversational. I, I try to uh, get the shields down and, and really just connect and have a discussion and a dialogue rather than just me firing questions at you for however long. And then you giving me answers mm-hmm. and then we move on to the next thing. And we don't, do, uh, Hey, Hey, that's super boring. <laughs> Like I'm just, that's super boring. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's not helpful at all. Right. Um, now you can ask targeted questions. So if you're doing like behavioral interviewing, Hey, in this situation where these things happen, what's your next step? What are you thinking? What would you do? And if they come back and then say this in response, what do you do? You can ask sort of behavior, Hey, give me a time when, and then, Oh, how did you think about that? And you can kind of unpack specific examples. Um, people have a lot of success with that. But beyond that, um, I think a lot, if I, if I get, a lot of questions or a lot of insightful questions, particularly um, from a candidate, it's got to be, I don't have data, but it's got to be positively correlated with their outcome in our process, whether or not we want to move to an offer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So good questions. Uh, you, you, you mentioned before. Um, uh, I really like when they ask, uh, and I do this myself too, who was in this position before, and what happened mm-hmm. to them? And it gives you, you, you can get a lot of good intel out of, out of that one. Um, also shows that you're, you know, you're really thinking about the position in a, in a holistic mm-hmm. fashion. Um, I like to ask, uh, you know, what are my 30, 60, 90 day mm-hmm. expectations, requirements, like things that you, you know, how, how do you, how do you foresee this? How do you foresee this going? Uh, those, those are good. Um, those are the two that jump like them right to mind. Um, I, I actually have a bunch of them written down, but they're not in front of me. So I'm going to have to probably go off camera here for a second to grab it. But, um, but for you, what, what do you, uh, what do you have? Like, like the quite you've been doing interviewing. So something good recently. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, mm, so some of the ones you mean some of the ones that I've gotten from from candidates um yeah yeah the ones that you said that were really good uh, yeah. some of them are like uh, they get at in a in a constructive way but they they get at where the opportunities to grow and to improve so rather than saying hey uh, you know how do things work and I'm being like generic here instead saying hey yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. here's a good example here's a good a good a good uh, specific example I got a question a few weeks ago um, uh, how often, how often does prod go down and why? Ooh, that is a good one. That's a, that's a good right, question. That, that, and that, that question yep. alone probably ate a third of our interview in discussion, right? Cause I said, oh, that's really interesting. Let me think about that. Here's, here's where it is. I'd like, I don't have the data on hand, but like, I can give you a general answer based on just experience, you know, just, just anecdotally, it happens about this Mm -hmm. many times per year on average. And they were because of, you know, a lot of them were because of X, Y, or Z. And I was able to give three cases that, Hey, like this is doesn't, is it just happened once this has happened a couple of times that, you know, and, and something silly like a cert expired, right. Or a disc got full, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the blocking and tackling that just sometimes you miss and then it, you know, brings things down. Um, and so then it was like, it, it spawned a good conversation because then it's like, oh yeah, that happens. Like that happens in my current role. I, 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 I see, you know, I see those kinds of things 
you know, how, like I'm familiar with what happens, how they get there. Like, um, and it's just, it spawned a really good conversation. So I thought specifically for technology, like, like asking that question, how often does prod go down and why you, you can unpack a lot into that one. Yeah. And you could expand that into generalized code technology team process health you know what what is your what is your meeting cadence you know do you do you follow a particular agile formula do you have a scrum master you know like how often do you you know what's your commit uh policies you know how do you actually handle prs and and do you review do you pair like there's all sorts of stuff yeah, you can ask about all that kind of stuff just so you have an yeah. idea of of you know what to you know what to what to expect from the from the technical team. Um I think questions that I, I in a in an initial interview, I, I get turned off when the when the initial questions are about mm, benefits. Yeah. Um like if that's what if that's what you open with about, you know, tell me about the benefit package or tell me like okay, I mean yeah, I mean, we could talk about it, and, and I'm and I'm I'm actually let me let me clarify that I, I'm okay with answering those questions in the initial interview. Don't open with that. Like, don't don't lead in with, you know, the stuff that you the you know, the stuff that the company is going to do for you because I don't even know if you're going to fit the company yet. You know, ask me questions about the work, yeah. the role, the company, the things that are actually going to help you. You know, that are really going to drive yeah. the decision. Because, but then if you then some people will respond, well, well, the benefits are really going to drive my decision. Well, if the benefits are really like a prime driver of it, I get that they're a motivator. They're part of the package. They're part of the picture, but they're not the motivator. And if that's where your mind goes first. Well, right. Mm, so there's a difference. Kind so, of a so there look. is a difference. I actually had a discussion like that once. And the distinction was this. Is it your primary motivator or do you have a special circumstance that means it could be a deal breaker? Those are, you're getting at the same that's, question, that's but there are exception. two totally, because yeah, sure, sure, sure. I had somebody and the, the individual was perfect for the role. And then it turned out there was, uh, you know, a health concern in the family and the specific in coverage for some certain thing really did matter and amounted to like tens of thousands of dollars, like out of pocket if it yep. wasn't covered the right way like that. Okay. Like I'm more than happy to make sure that you're not wasting your time, you know, um, but yeah, to your point, is it like, yeah. oh well, well, how much PTO do I get? Uh, really, that's your first. That's your first question. Really, that's your first. Not a bad <laughs> no. question. Just don't lead it's, with that. Th- those are tacky. that's that's tacky. secondary. That's that's yeah. That's like a question you ask in the mm-hmm. follow up. You know, sometimes sometimes you're doing the scheduling with HR. You do that back and forth with HR. HR can answer. It's don't talk to the hiring first. manager you don't about ask, that. Yeah, you don't want to ask. You don't want to ask questions that exactly HR can just. Exactly. Rattle off for you based on policy. If if HR can answer your question, it's a bad question. Bad, don't, bad don't question for the hiring manager, Focus. right? Ask HR. For the hiring manager. Call them, right, email right. them. Um, yeah. So a non a non bad question, which is also non technical, uh, that I've that I've gotten uh, that I like. That whenever I interview, I'm going to ask this one. Um, what is what does culture mean at the company, and how would you rate it? So mm-hmm. if I hear, so like if I'm, yeah. if I'm putting myself in the interviewee's shoes and I ask this question and the answer for culture comes back with beer in the fridge and a ping pong table and some trope like work hard and play hard, um, 
like I would, that would, that would be a red flag to me. I, that is not, mm. that is not culture. Uh, that's a, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a silly thing that some people like and is fine to have, but that's the most meaningful thing you can say to me. Like that's, that would be a turnoff. Mm. Okay. What, what is, I mean, what, what are the things you do think about when, when asking or answering the culture question? When I'm answering the culture was, so I don't, I don't necessarily know what the inner, what the, what the candidates are looking for specifically, but, but to me, what culture means is essentially how we get along with each other and how we think about the work together. Right. So, uh, you know, we're asking questions. We're, we're doing that dispassionately, right. And non-accusingly we are collaborative. We, you know, those, like, those are the sorts of things that to me say, suggest culture, um, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, I like, I like to think about delegation mm-hmm. and how much work, yeah. um, actually gets handed, handed down. Cause they, I mean, this has just been a constant bugaboo for, for me in, in my career, you know, the, the responsibility that they say you have versus the, you know, versus what they mm-hmm. actually give you, you know, Oh, you're going to be responsible for such and such and such. And what they don't tell you is you're actually not going to be making any decisions. You're just going to be doing what this other person micromanaging. Yeah kind of tells you to do, you know, and they're the ones making all the decisions. Uh, Honestly, Um, like if I, if, all right, so we both get fired today, right? Let's play a thought experiment. We both get fired today. We're out on the market. Um, One of the questions that I'm going to, this is at at the leadership level, one of the questions I'm going to ask is, what does budgeting look like? Right? So what Mm -hmm. is the annual cycle? Yep. How does that go? And as a, as a department leader, as a, as an executive, am I going to get Am I going to get told that, hey, here's a dollar amount and this is everything you have, personnel, tooling, training, travel, OPEX, like every, is this just, here's your bucket, go manage the business with these expectations? Or am I going to get nothing and then every time I want to go do a project, am I going to have to go to a committee or the board or somebody and CFO and work out and whatever and, and I've never, I've never actually seen either of those two things in like their purest, like edge of the spectrum form. Um, I've always been at companies that were a blend of the two approaches. Um, and it's not necessarily that one is right and one is wrong, but that was, that would be something that I would want to know. Like if I'm fired today and I'm interviewing tomorrow, that would be a question that I ask. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more at the executive mm-hmm. level. Um, but I mean, that could apply yeah, for, is, that could I apply mean, for like a, a management position at a smaller company too. Yeah, any management no. position would you can ask a budget question of almost any any management position. Um on the individual contributor side, I'm trying to think of like what would be a corollary to that kind of thing. I think about the um you could ask about the budgets allocated, generally speaking, budgets allocated to uh new equipment for your personal use or equip or the uh, the server budget or the the software budget for for buying packages, you know, for uh, licenses for stuff to use either in the product or product yeah. development tools or do I get things, do I get Azure um, credits or you know whatever kind of yeah that kind of stuff? Can you will you pay? Can I go to a conference each year? Um, that would be yeah that would be part uh, of like reading broader, materials part of broader yeah. like learning and development right so uh books classes yeah. conference tuition reimbursement all of that kind of stuff kind of rolls up together yep yeah i like to ask questions about um uh the tech mm-hmm. stack 
Oh, well, obvious. That using, yeah. I think that the, I think asking, but but not just asking about the tech stack, you know, and not just what you're using, but what you're not using and and why not. Uh, usually, you know, so you, once you find out what their tech stack is, you know, you can find, you know, think of the think of the compliment. Okay, well, our shop develops in C. Oh, well, have you looked at any C plus plus? Well, no, because our uh, our tech lead is a, uh, a rabid anti C plus pluser. We we don't really understand why, but like he just hates the language, and so we've never even considered yeah. even looking at that. Would like, be a th- that can give you a flashing red flag. Like, what the yeah, flashing red flag, for example. So those kinds of you can get into some of that that tech bike shedding kind of stuff if you start with the stack. And then you can find out what they're using and what they're not well, I think using. That, I think a good a good, uh, a good way good to follow. get into that is like, what are you using? Okay, and and is the team is the team happy with those choices? Because that's going to get yeah. into a lot of like, because yeah. you're gonna that's going to probe for what are the pain points, what are the benefits, whether or not they have assessed alternatives, whether there's a new project afoot to change any of that that you might be a part of, and what that might look like. Right. Yeah, how do you assess? Here's another good follow up to that. How do you assess new tech, um, uh, new technologies, new languages, mm-hmm. stacks, whatever, for potential inclu- future inclusion? Yeah. You know, like what what are, what are the guidelines? What are the strictures yeah. around that? Some places will go. Yeah, we don't really have any. We you know, we look at it, but you know, we we try you know we try and maintain some consistency. Others get really dogmatic. Uh, no, no, we has use to be the JVM because, because yeah. Right now, but that can be, that can be good and bad. I mean, there are the ones that are just blind, like my C, C++ example. That's just. Why, why that's you got to pick on my native tongue, man? Other, why, why you got to be like that? Other, <laughs> other, other ones, you know, they, they make a, a very deliberate decision that can at first appear dogmatic, but actually has a lot of good common sense mm-hmm. behind it. Um, you know, I, I, most common one that I can think of is, you know, pick of the, the standard backend language for if, if it's a software, if it's an application development company, they're building some kind of widget. Um, what language does yeah. the backend utilize? And I'm saying backend because frontend is always JavaScript and it changes every five, every or, six five or six sentences. So, yeah. Know, I don't really. It's, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like the new hotness now is, and wait, what oh, is that? There's, there's a new an, hotness. Uh, so oh, what is you that know. from? No, that's a, that's a Parks and Rec quote where uh, Ben's talking to, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, anyway, and he's like, oh, basically he's doing an analysis of the guy's books. He's trying to run a small business and he's just doing a terrible job. And he's like, based on my calculations, the company will be out of money by the end of this sentence. <laughs> He's like <laughs> this sentence. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. When he when they started their their brand lifestyle, yeah. you know, with with uh, with Ra- Ralphie Ralph, May, uh, Jean Ralphio, <laughs> and uh, no, uh, John, Ralphio. John uh, yeah, Ralphio. No, Ralphie May's a comedian. God, we're both lame. Gosh. Getting the getting the reference wrong. Um, so there are there are good reasons for you know uh, with a front end like. All right, we picked a back end language, and it's going to be Python. And yes, we know that there are pros and cons to Python. But for the sake of consistency in the application uh, and in the expectation, you know, our ability to onboard rapidly for people to learn new things, everything is going to be in Python for the sake of that, that consistency. Here are the pros yeah. and the, here are the well, cons. Well, because moving somebody, if you get moving somebody co- between teams, if you get that kind of an explanation, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. If you get that kind of an explanation, that's a good no. thing. 
You know, like mm-hmm. you've got that 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 rigor. Around yeah, we're it. saying, hey, there's, so, here's anyway, the answer, and here's the rationale behind it. We have thought it through. Um, and be honest with you, I'm I'm in a position where like I'm that's that's kind of where I am at the moment because the teams get to a certain size and scale. Um, what that means is typically they are dealing. You have multiple independent teams dabbling in different domains, and so the idea of trying to remain flexible. And trying to be able to have somebody that you can move around if you need to, moving from one team to the other, whether or not it's the same workflow, is a different domain. If you add a different technology on top of that barrier, uh, you can. Uh, it does simplify things to like pick a standard. And what's the old XKCD? Like this, the, the nice things about standards is that there are so many to choose from, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the XKCD standard where they lament that none of these standards oh, yeah, work. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to. Before there's 16 standards. Now there's 17 standards. Yeah. yeah. Now, teen standards. Right. Exactly. That's pretty much how yeah. standards work is yeah. that, you know, they, they seem to try and yeah. solve the problems for each other. But, but saying, look, we're a Python shop or we're a C sharp <laughs> shop. Like, yeah, okay, we are. And we don't really. Yeah, we're C sharp, and we don't really have any Ruby, and we're not going to because of these reasons. Okay, you, you've thought it through. That again, there's not really a wrong answer. Fine. You thought it through. Um, yeah, there's there's really not a wrong answer. You're just looking for that. You're looking for blind, blind dogmatic allegiance for a blind no dogmatic allegiance, and the, then and then on the other side, a wild west where anybody can do anything in any way that they choose, meaning that there are a bunch of silos and single points of failure and stuff that nobody else knows how to operate, which is indicative of a whole other set of problems. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that was a, that was, that was a bit of a, it was a bit of a sidebar. So interview back to interview questions. Um, other things that like good and bad, uh, let's see. We talked about the HR. Um, uh, I like to, I like to hear about the, uh, not just the, not just the meeting cadence, but you know, and and it's not, it's kind of culture, but you know, t- tell me how 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 much interaction the team has over the course of a of a given day, not not in terms of meetings, but things like Slack messaging, emails, you know that that sort of stuff. Um, you know, assuming that you're that you're remote. You know, you can you can swing wildly in in terms of that calm style. Some places they'll have a, like an open Zoom. It's basically just an open room that anyone can come into at any time, do work, and hang out and talk, and often talk through the work while you're working. You know, there's a there's a team in my organization right now. They basically sit in a in a in a video chat all day. The cameras are off, but they're all it's a way to simulate being in the mm-hmm. same room together. And so it's always on, but the cameras are off and usually the microphones are off. But if they have a problem, they can just very quickly unmute. Hey, what are you guys? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, and they can just, and it's a way to quickly emulate sort of that, that, that real world um, interaction, which is cool. I mean, it works for them. And then there are other places that don't do that at all. And you are just kind of on your own. You go to the stand up. And then if you need help, you poke somebody in Slack. And then there are other places that have a really, really active Slack or other chat arrangement. And then there are other places that live and die by JIRA tickets. And like you have whole Mm -hmm. conversations just going on inside JIRA tickets. There's a million different ways that it happens. 
understanding some of that, I wouldn't call it culture, but communication style, uh, you know, that, that can be, those are yeah, good questions I, to ask. And those are good things to know I going think into it. The process, the method, the habits around communication and decision flow, that's cultural. Yeah. That's, that's certainly, that's, that transcends, yeah, I, I, that transcends like yeah. workflow methodology. You know, that would, I would call that cultural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause like if I get to go to my boss, I'm up uh, with may I for every little thing or every little decision or a good question. How do you, Hey, how do you manage projects? What, it, what is a project? How do you define project? Is that just anything that has a story in Jira? Is that anything that is important enough to get its own epic? Is that anything that's over $500,000 mm-hmm. spend? Like what is, what is a project and how are they managed? Is there a central PMO, a project management office, right? Or uh, does each, does each scrum mm-hmm. have an analyst and, a, and somebody embedded or, is that something that's done on an annual cycle with the, you know, with the muckety mucks and, and all of this, you know, weirdness attached to it? Like what I think that would be one because a lot of teams, there's like, you know, this blend and the slider is different on every case by case basis. But there's a blend of sort of like building new stuff and fixing old stuff or supporting old stuff. Right. And so uh, you have just this normal background. Hey, there's a story. This button is green and I want it just a little greener or this thing broke over here. Can you help me fix it? Right. That that aside. Mm-hmm. What is the project work? What does that look like? How is it managed? Um, Mike, that'd be a valid question kind of at any level too, to understand how the organization, yeah. again, thinks about communication and decision flow. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can totally, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Um, the only other question that jumps out of my mind is how to handle the salary thing, but that's a whole can of worms in and of itself. Um, but that's not what you asked about originally. Well, so I mean, I said, I, what, I what questions What hole. questions do you ask during an interview as the interviewee? Um, yeah. I'm probably, so I'm one, not going, it, it, I'm probably not going to bring that up proactively if I'm, if I'm an interviewee. Yeah. So this is, this is definitely total sidebar because there's just so many moving pieces here on the, on the business side. Like if you're the employer. If you can, I, I'm I'm all about posting salary ranges. I I, I do not see, I do not see downside. Be to open that. about I the ranges. I, I think it's a good thing. I think you should be open about the ranges. If you, so, if you know the range going in, well, you your answers your question is answered. Uh, I have applied to positions where they haven't posted it, but then in the course of the first conversation, they freely mm-hmm. offer it to you, which I, I okay, I can get behind yeah. that too. Like that's a, you know, that's fine. If you don't have any of that, uh, this one I kind of play by ear. Do you do you ask what the range is or not? Um, I, I think it's going to depend on the on, it's going to depend on the employer. If you have somebody like me, who you get me on the phone, and I'm working for a company that has happened, uh, and uh, and I'm working for a company that steadfastly no, we do not disclose salaries at all. That is not a thing. You know, and in fact, we have HR just grind the ever loving hell out of those people to get them as low as possible before they even talk about what we would be willing to pay. You know, you work for one of those kinds of places, but I am in the complete opposite position. I would rather just give it to you than you asking yeah. me. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the range is, and that's not going to hurt your chances at all. If you end up with one of these people that, you know, no, I'm not going to share any of that with you. And, and, you know, the initial conversation with the first, you know, 
first conversation with the hiring manager and, and you know, you don't get that, an, you know, yeah, I would, I think, I think you kind of go, you go, I, I would say go with your gut because what, one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to be well-received or poorly received. And if it's poorly don't received, <laughs> maybe it's not a fit for you anyway. And it's not worth it. So don't worry about it. That's actually, that's a nice self-select yeah. out for you. It may not feel that way, yeah. you know, in the moment, but you know, probably not a good fit for you. That, that, that could be, that could be the case. But if, I mean, if you really do have legitimate, like some job, it, I, this has become less of an issue. I, I will say this. I, 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 uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, the younglings, you have, you have my sympathies coming into the, it's much harder. This is a much harder thing to do earlier on because the variability I feel like the variability gets normalized over the course of your career. As you have more experience and you have more knowledge, like the the salary you command, I, I don't know. It just kind of, you have more experience. You know better about what, you know, you can read between the lines on what the roles are. You just get better at that kind of stuff. Between, you know, the lack of experience on your side and then the lack of experience, you know, required for the role, I feel like the volatility can be really, really high there. And so it, it's definitely, I, I wanted, and I felt the need to ask that question more often when I was younger than I do now. But I mean, part, why is that part of that is the nature of the roles that I'm changing uh, and I have this backlog of salary that I can, I can point to as like, yeah, this is what I make. And this is what, yeah. you know, if, if we're going to talk, this, this is, is the range I'm in. And if you're not fine, take care. See ya. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that it should be a taboo question. Uh, and the good places I've worked at, mm-hmm. it hasn't been. Um, so, I mean, if you really want to know, and, and, and if you suspect here, I, I, this would be the, the cutoff for me. If you have a smell that this job might be one of those jobs that is, you know, it's a it's a ninety thousand dollar position, but then they're only paying you like fifty. Mm-hmm. Like if you get that, sometimes some companies, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, you can get that whiff. That's like you guys are way you you want you want the st- the stars, but you, you're not willing mm-hmm. to pay for it. You know those. Those kinds of situations I like to ask because why waste yeah. your time with it? You know, as a as a um, as an inter, it's been a little minute, but uh, as an interviewee, I have asked. Let me think. Yeah, I I have asked in both directions when when this when the when the range was known when the budget was made clear right and I yeah, it's been slow I don't remember how. Did I ask, did they give it to me? It doesn't matter. Point is, there's a number, okay? This position pays X number mm-hmm. of dollars. I have interviewed with companies that X has been suspiciously low. And I say, golly, that's a lot less than I make now and doesn't really track with market. Is there some equity or what's the X? What's, you know, and I kind of not, not finger pointy. I mean, I'm, I'm literally pointing my finger during the example, but not, not to be finger pointy, but just to unpack, like, 
that seems low, right? What, right. What's the story there? And sometimes right. they'll tell you the story. Oh, yeah, well, we're looking for this. And then and, blah, 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 and then they, there might be some valid explanations for that. One of which is, well, we give you a ton of equity or we guarantee some bonus. Uh, one is, hey, we got stipends coming out the wazoo. Um, there are some other soft cost things they can do. Um, and then the final one would be, well, we're really looking for somebody who is not at this level now. But is it the level under and wants the opportunity to advance? They want to train them. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. That's not me. Thanks, but no thanks. I have also talked to companies where the offer was suspiciously high. That's almost more of a red flag. Like, why is that number so big? Uh, and that's that kind of feels like an awkward question. And it, it's it's hard to pose it to where the person doesn't feel like it's awkward for them. But like I got to understand why, because if you're paying everybody at this level, that range that is so far above market, that why is, are, are you, are you desperate? <laughs> are you mismanaging your, your salary? But like, what is going on here that, that, and sometimes the answers can come back. Well, there is, cause a lot of times in tech, you get equity, right? Well, there isn't any equity or there aren't bonuses or kind of the inverse of all of those other things. Um, and you can kind of explain right. like why, why the numbers look weird. Um, yeah, I think I think I've I've asked both of those questions myself in the past. Um, yeah, at, at, at that point, if if it's if it's high, then some of the earlier questions we were talking about they would come into play big time. Um, I uh, I would like notably, you know, the person who was previously in this position. Yeah. What happened to them? Are they still yeah. with the company? Is that somebody I will talk to in the course of the interview? Well, and sometimes process? the answer is just like, it, hey, it, we we pay fifty percent above market. You're expected to be on call twenty hours a day. Okay, like that, and there are yeah, roles yeah, like they, that, I mean, and they're perfectly legit, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's fine. If that's not what you're looking for, though, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and my um, I had a previous employer that always actually tried to to pay above market a certain by a certain percentage. Like they were always right. like whatever the market was, they were always trying mm -hmm. to hit above that um, to attract the, the talent that they wanted. And it worked it was a really, really banging yeah. team. God, I miss that team. Um, so, so that can happen. That can happen too. If you get the person who might have this, the race, this, you can, you can ask HR. Uh, and if you ask it innocently enough, you can often get some useful information out of it. Ask about the churn mm -hmm. rate. And by churn, for anyone who doesn't know, churn rate meaning how often and how rapidly new employees are cycling in to replace other yeah. employees cycling out. You know, that, that the, the churn, the, the there spin is, of- There is kind uh, of a generally accepted formula. And it's something like, it's something like for the last 12 months, what is your ratio of, what is your ratio of like, new hires minus departures over the new hires or something like that yeah, where it factors a, in yeah. it like it does factor in because new hires for growth doesn't count right um there is some kind of general i right. think i think a lot of hr departments there's some generally accepted formula there um but yeah that's your turn yeah how often are you getting people coming and going um you can also look at like yeah. uh to ask another i don't know that this is really I think only in larger organizations really focus on metrics like that. They have HR teams that have time to focus on metrics like this, but like mean tenure would be a, a, an analog to churn. That's a good one too. Yep. 
Um, so I just did a quick search while we we're looking here, uh, calculating employee churn rate. The quick result Google is suggesting percentage of employees leaving an organization within a certain period, usually 12 months, um, divided by the total number of employees in that organization during that period. Oh, okay. So you're talking about so departures you take, you take, over total headcount, basically. Departures no. over total headcount. You could get more complicated to account for uh, rapid, you know, rapid growth due to a new initiative or something like that. You could also account for rapid shrinking mm-hmm. due to layoffs or a project yeah. closing or something like that. So, I mean, there's, but if you wanted like a ballpark, yeah. like a generalized ballpark, um, you know, t- take a look at that. And I, in my experience, the magic 80, 20 rule here, anything over, anything over 20% is definitely like, I think even 20 is pretty high, but anything over 20% is 20, really 20, high. 20, yeah, um, 20 would be high. 20% of, you know, of your entire f- workforce departing in the year. That's, I, that's is a lot it, of people. And, but, um, and you don't need to be, a, it, it doesn't need to be a big company for that to, for that to be a concern too. Like 20% of a company, I mean, 20% of a company of, you know, five right. <laughs> is one person. So, you know, like you can't go by that, but 20% of a company of 50. Oh. I mean, that's, that's a, that's still a yeah. significant number. That's, that's, you know, you can, so this works at small companies too, is my point. It's not just big companies and some places track this. I tracked mm-hmm. this. I tracked uh, departure rate. I tracked churn rate. I tracked, um, um, whether it was a, um, regrettable loss or a non-regrettable mm-hmm. yeah, loss. I think we talked about that so a while ago. So if you fire yeah. somebody. We talked about that, right? If 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 I fire somebody, it's always going to be a non-regrettable loss. I'm getting rid of it. But it's, it's involuntary. Some people, yeah. it's involuntary, and by definition, non-regrettable because I'm do because I yeah. elected to do this. But when a person leaves on their own, sometimes it's like, well, it's for the best. They weren't really a good fit here anyway. Non-regrettable. Or in the other case, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah, right. How am I going to yeah. replace this person? Very regrettable loss that those can be really useful. Like when you're really like trying to figure out what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, that distinction becomes yeah. super duper important, but you're not going to no. get that. You know, no, but these, but these types of questions like, like, like budgeting interview. and project approval and uh, churn rate and all of this stuff, what you're doing is you're, I mean, you're asking questions about the health of the business, right. And about the general atmosphere. Yep. Uh, you're asking some kind of, leading and trailing indicators of of in individual in performance with the organization. Uh, and you're also looking yeah. for red flags because if the hiring manager gets all about it and tries to, you know, tries to not give you straight answers, then maybe you don't need to be working for that hiring manager. Or, you know, or are you going in an ISO? I don't want to yeah. I don't want to say anybody like say, oh, if you if you go to work for a company and you know the manager, there's maybe questionable that you've done something wrong. Cause they're like, I'm not trying to say that. At least now you know it ahead of time. You're making an informed decision, right? And that's my whole, that's like my right. whole thesis that I tell people like, people are imperfect. None of us is perfect. And companies are just groups of people glued together under a logo. By definition, then companies are imperfect. And so it's not about finding. Are highly right? imperfect. And so, and the grass is never greener on the other side. Compounded right? imperfection. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so the grass is never yeah. greener. It's just a different <laughs> shade of brown. And the game is not about trying to find a better company. The game is trying to find a company whose brand of imperfection complements your own, whose brand of dysfunction, your whose own. brand of dysfunction is palatable <laughs> to you. Right. That's the that's when you really get like Zen. Yeah, that's that's a that's really <laughs> It's really good. Complimenting my dysfunction. But it's, um, but it's true. It's now, true. I've, now I've lost it. Like, I, like no, let me give you, let me personalize it. Let me, let me be true. more clear. Uh, let me personalize it. I am not the world's best communicator. My, my wife, anybody that knows you will know, everybody knows this, right? I'm not the world's best communicator. And by default, I am silent. My boss is not the world's best communicator. Great guy, but he also has communication issues just like I do, right? Cause we're all imperfect. I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying we're all in this. Uh, sure. He's not a micromanager. He is a point that way, go get it done kind of guy. There are weeks that go by that I don't talk to my boss. It's great. Is that always the perfect way that the world should exist? No. But this brand of dysfunction allows us to collaborate very effectively because <laughs> I'm not needy and he's not a micromanager. And so we meet, we talk, we discuss the issues, we break, we go our separate ways for a little while, right? Like that just as a as a specific example of of what i mean by that right um mm. and it works it works we have a great relationship uh <laughs> i mean i mean that we you know we we really get along you know he he doesn't hassle me too much about details and i try to keep drama off his doorstep that's like i am i filter out a lot of the noise cuz he's he's the cto he's got too much like he can't do i if i bring him every little issue hey i'm not doing my job uh, I'm not managing the 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 part of the business that I've given responsibility for. Um, and B, he doesn't he doesn't need to know all that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm like, all right, I'll keep a note. Next time we talk, I'll let him know that this thing happened. But <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I totally agree. Um, I, I I remember the thing I wanted to say. Um, we were as as always. The, you know, this show is about you know. That, that that gap between business and tech. And there's there's plenty of people who talk tech. So we end up talking more business, but that's not because we're not technical, but because the, bridging that gap, you know, move, move it, you know, like moving your technical skills, the way you level up is actually getting in on these other things. There are plenty of places you can go to learn tech and talk tech and things like that. Here is, okay, help helping you make that next step. These are the things that will actually help you truly level up and be, you know, business successful in a technical role. So I say all that to say this, when you're asking questions in an interview setting, technical questions, we talked about a bunch of them. Technical questions are great, but note what we did in those questions. They were all routes talking about culture and, you know, level of fit to your person, you know, their business dysfunction matching with your business dysfunction. So there are technical questions that lead to soft skill kind of conversations. Um, And so that's, it's important to keep that in mind. I mean, by all means, you know, do some, do some nerd out, you know, bike shedding type of conversation with somebody if they're, if they're technical, you know, raise that, that level of camaraderie, be able to, you know, sit in the room and, and chat with them. Uh, it's always nice when you have a sense that, you know, you could see yourself having drinks after work with somebody and, and just talking about the day. That's 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 always good. But don't get so 
mired in the technical minutia, you know, like, like my CC plus plus argument, you shouldn't be that, that, that C dog dogmatic person either. Uh, You know, you should be, um, you know, generally open to, to other things and, you know, right tool for the job and things like that. So, you know, don't get, don't get too hung up on that. Use that as a, as a tool to, well, because the technology, like you have, um, you have companies that are really trying their, like your job there is going to be to help them push the boundaries of what technology can do. Right. That's one kind of tech work. Another kind of tech work is most of it. And then the last kind of tech work is where the environment, whether the company, the finances, the industry, the regulation, whatever it is, you are actively going to be prevented from doing new things with technology. Those are your three options, right? And it's a normal distribution. Most of the companies mm-hmm. are in the middle where you get to play with some nice, some new stuff, but a bunch of the work is also brownfield and fixing and maintaining stuff, right? And then you get these little things on the edges that mm-hmm. that whatever. But okay, l- let me just narrow in on the, the common case there, right? The, the, the mode, which is a normal development job. They're all the same. The technology is the same. I, you're writing a Rails app, or you're doing Angular in .NET, or you're doing Scala Even if code. it's different, the more things change, the more look, they're the same. You're, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to understand what the hell the business wants of you. You're trying to tell the computer to do those things. And then you're trying to figure out why the computer isn't doing the thing the business wants it to do. Like at a high, like th- You're going to get stack, uh, stack traces, and you're going to get 403s you don't understand. Like this stuff. At a certain level, like all of that is going to be the same. The technology is technology. And if you just hate Java, don't go to work for a Java company. Find one that's Ruby or Python or somebody else, right? That's fine. But the thing that's going to give you to what you're saying here, right? The thing that really changes from job to job within that mode is the company outside of the technology, right? It's the relationships between the different parts of the business and the leaders and how they manage and how they think and how they grow. And, And so that's why I think Part of this, uh, you know, there really weren't too many, like, you know, you got to understand the stack and the languages and where they want to go, right? But there's a reason we're not focusing on that. And, and that's what you're, that's, that's kind of what you're saying there. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's an easy box to check. Yeah. And then there's yeah. other stuff, there's bigger fish to fry that are going to really impact your day to day experience better. Ah, good conversation. Yeah. That's pretty good yeah. stuff. Um, so, have you had any success in these calls that you've been doing? These, these. Uh, yeah, calls? we brought on, we brought on hits. like a handful of people over the past month or two. Uh, it's been been really good. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. And I'm sure the people you hired asked good questions because you wouldn't hire somebody. They did. Who they did. Questions. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, what do you all think? I'd love to hear what uh, what great interview questions you ask or you have been asked or uh, any part of that let us know feedback at refactor.work is where you can reach out to us well you can check out our website refactor.work that's where we have show notes back episodes all that good stuff links anytime we talk about stuff we'll find it there Uh, with my good news today we will link to this conference that I have coming up and as soon as I have uh, more details I'll, I'll post that as well uh, if you want to check out some of Chris's work, you can find him at chris.tonkinson.com. If you want to find more of my personal stuff, you can find me at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. And this has been episode 107 of the Refactor Podcast recorded on June 23rd, 2023. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Chris.